Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan, and I'm your host for the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Jordan Blyer, a Pennsylvanian-based musician, manifesting his dreams to become the next big hit. His stage name is Michael Waves. Welcome to Episode 9 of the American Grown Podcast. Appreciate you having me, man. I'm psyched. Yeah, I'm glad you could be here. Uh, so in the form, I saw your pet turtle's name, Curtis. Yeah. My wife and I were talking about it, and she was wondering where the name came from. Yeah, uh, I'm super random. I mean, I feel like my answer for a lot of questions in terms of like names and ideas is usually pretty random. Yeah, super random, dude. I love naming, uh, probably like a lot of other people, I love naming pets at with like human names. Okay, yeah. So I don't, I wish I could remember, my memory's garbage, but I wish I could remember why i chose the name curtis there really is no rhyme or reason or story which i enjoy like he's uh his tank is in my studio room at home nice so i'll okay. like walk and be like yo what's up curtis yeah. yeah so just like he's a human so no particular interesting story but gotcha i had, to, kind I of had a, to ask yeah kind of a goofy random name yeah, yeah. would you say he's your muse if he's in the studio <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny <clears throat> i guess yeah sometimes i enjoy like uh i think having like i don't know I love water and I know like it's a turtle tank, so it's kind of odd. It's not like a, you know, lake or an ocean or anything. Yeah. There's something a little tra- that's just tranquil about water um, and like the sound of trickling water and oh, stuff definitely. like that. So there's definitely been moments now that you say that, like I think of it yeah. sitting in the studio, like kind of soothing. Try- yeah, soothing for real, like trying to just calm your mind. So you kind of sit there and like close your eyes and just listen. Yeah. And a lot of times when I'm just sitting there listening, that's the noise I'm hearing. So maybe that has actually been a bit of a muse or like yeah sometimes it's yeah. helped me kind of clear my mind to try to like tap into a flow state you know while trying to like write a song or just trying to chill yeah for sure yeah perfect so let's uh start from the beginning yeah what was jordan what was your early childhood like what was life like uh, growing up siblings you know give us yeah give us all the deets <clears throat> yeah so i'm from lebanon um, i think you actually said that earlier but yeah i'm from lebanon i grew up I'm trying to think of how far it is from here i don't know probably like seven minutes from here i'm um, out in south lebanon obviously we both went to cedar crest my family is pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say traditional, but I mean, pretty traditional. Yeah, like grew up in a nice, you know, a nice middle class home. And I have two younger sisters. My parents are together. Grew up in a like a residential development and a cul-de-sac. Played street hockey with my friends, um, even though I was like pretty garbage at like roller skating. Um, I was always the goalie because I couldn't, okay. I couldn't roller blade for shit. Um, but yeah, so I never really, um, there was nothing to, I guess... I don't want to say too exciting. I was just kind of like a, you know, high school athlete, not great. Like I, you know, I was, I always describe myself as like a B team athlete, um, which is kind of, you know, I played in games. I always made the team, but I was yeah. not like a star player or okay. anything like that. Um, but yeah, my early childhood, I grew up actually a little more in Lebanon. And then when I was in second grade, moved outside of Lebanon city out to South Lebanon and, and started going to Cedar Crest. Um, but yeah, pretty traditional, man. Not too exciting. Uh, pretty big family in terms of like my grandparents were always around, uh, you know, and stuff like that. It wasn't like our family was like isolated from the rest of our family. So yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty traditional in that way. Yeah. Comfortable, traditional. In high school, what did you like to do? I know you said you did some sports and things like that, Um, but you know, basketball, football, was there also any musical instruments, any kind of chorus concert, anything like that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, no, like, so I played, 
pretty much every sport growing up, like when I was younger, played soccer. I feel like this area, everybody played like youth <laughs> right, soccer. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then kind of stopped doing that when I got a little bit older, played basketball, uh, played like midget football out in, uh, for CQM out in Cornwall. Oh yeah. Yeah. I so. think every, almost everybody <laughs> went through CQM. You know, right. Yeah. The we, minors, the CQM the minors. CQM minors. Yeah. yeah, dude, we sucked, bro. <laughs> I don't think, I think we won like one game. Oh, it's tough. But yeah, so, uh, played football when I was younger, uh, played all the way up until our, my ninth grade year. I was our quarterback and we just, we went like, oh, and nine oh. and we were just, I also was like such a puss in high school. So like coaches yelling at me and so the whole football yeah. mentality, I, for some reason at that age, didn't click with it. So I started running cross country. Okay. Um, ran track. Like I said, played basketball. Um, oh, okay. So those were the sports I kind of finished out. I played baseball. So out of, out in Iona and stuff like that. So played pretty much every sport, um, but no, no music really at all, which is pretty wild because my life now is like super centered around music and it's not even so like maybe instruments, but just like mm-hmm. learning as much about music as I can. Cause I'm not like traditionally trained or classically trained in anything. I don't know how to play any instrument. I don't even know when I'm singing, what key I'm really singing in, unless I'm in the studio and I, you know, like the, the recording software can tell me what key I'm in, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know anything about that. I wasn't in chorus. I wasn't in choir. I wasn't in the band, you know, nothing like that, which is pretty wild. Like I said, because back then I think about this all the time, especially, you know, whenever, whenever I'm in Lebanon, because I try to tap back into like what life was like back then. I never would have thought when I got older um, I still remember, dude, like super random, like thought, but like, I remember yeah. being in the car and like hearing people on the radio and like, man, like, I wish I could sing. It'd be cool to be a singer knowing nothing okay. about it. But I still remember distinctly having a thought of like, it would be cool to be a singer. Right. And even as I started to like make my own music, it was initially just like rapping cause I couldn't sing. And I kind of taught myself how to sing just by continuing to try. Yeah. Um, it took singing lessons for a little bit. But, um, but yeah, man, it was nothing really, like I said, dude, I was like a B team athlete. I was a good student, a B student. Um, but nothing, you know, I wasn't like top of the class. I wasn't a star athlete. I was kind of just in the, in the middle mix there. You know what I mean? Kind of a, I don't want to say a forgettable face, but kind of like that. You know, I I hung out with the cool kids. I got invited to the parties, but I was never like a a sought after person. And that was huge at that stage in life. That's huge. You know, when you're high school and stuff, it's like, you want to be in that click. Um, but now when you mentioned, you know, like car rides or you're listening to music were there any artists or musicians out there that you kind of yeah. look up to or you're like wow uh, right. I, I like what they're doing yeah um i mean so in high school again like super wild to, to continue to still think about it but like even when i was in high school i didn't have any like i wasn't big into music i listened to like whatever was on the radio which okay. now if like somebody came up to me as an adult like i listened to what's on the radio i'd be like oh that's so whack. But like when I was younger in high school, dude, I listened yeah. to what's on the radio, maybe like mixed CDs, but I didn't even really know what the, who the artists were, maybe like Green Day or so, like something okay. like that. It wasn't anything like I wasn't into music. Like there's yeah. people in high school, you could tell like music played a really big part in their lives. That was not me in high school. Um, so in high school, I didn't really have anybody in particular. When I got into college is more when I got into music, I think because I was exposed to it just by the college environment. Like for people listening that don't really understand, like maybe college and that setting, um, first of all, college is a scam financially, mm. first point. Uh, yeah, but like when you get into college, the benefit, I think, and my wife and I talk about this all the time, I think the big benefit is, you know, you're exposed to so much different culture, different types of people, oh, for sure. literally different languages, different opinions, yeah. you know, different backgrounds, different music. And, um, that's when I think there was some switch in my head that went off. Like I wrote poetry in high school cause I had to do it in English class for an assignment. Like okay. literally, I can't remember the teacher's name. I think her name was Miss Tavella, 
if I remember yeah, that right. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd have to Google it to see it's if she... It's been a while, but right. yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't even like, like English class. Like I, I didn't really like to write like papers or anything yeah. like that. Like Once I got to high or college, I was good at like bullshitting papers and yeah, like, yeah. kind of seeming like I knew what I was talking about, Right. Um, which I think is the real art of college. But, uh, exactly. Um, but yeah, when I was in high school, bro, it was like, I was in English class, had to write uh, a poem about love for literally an assignment in class. And I remember coming home to my parents and sitting at my desk, and uh, which is funny because the same desk I sat at actually is the same desk that's in my studio room now where no Curtis's tank sits on. Yeah, Dude, which is pretty crazy. wild. Yeah, it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember sitting at that desk and being like, all right, well, I guess I'll try to write a poem. And, you know, the main thing about writing poetry is like rhyme scheme. Yes, And sure. um, I remember sitting down and it was pretty easy to rhyme words. And that was probably the first time ever in my life where I unintentionally discovered that I was good at something naturally. It wasn't like I had to practice at it or, you know, anything like that. It was, I just literally tried it out of the blue because I had to for a school assignment. I'm like, rhyming words was actually pretty easy. I wrote like a full page poem and like, 15 minutes got an a on the assignment i remember and i was like nice. this is kind of tight so i like kind of randomly wrote poetry at random times because it was just something i enjoyed because i thought i was good at it yeah and uh like i said once i got to college that kind of blossomed in into the music so yeah man i feel like my high school years i was again i talked to my wife about this all the time her and i have like really great discussion but i, I always talk about like i could kind of do without my high school years looking back that i was maybe i'm a bit jaded but i'm just like there really wasn't much going on. You know, everything was kind of generic for me in those years. Um, but yeah, so pretty traditional story, I guess, like yeah. coming up through high school. Yeah. So, and where do you go to college? Millersville. Oh, nice. Over, over in Lancaster, yeah. Lancaster County, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, and that's a good, I mean, there's a lot going on in Lancaster County. Right. You know, yeah. Not that Lebanon's not, but there's just, they got a little bit more going on. You got Lidditz there down 501. Right. Yep. Um, a lot more, I think, artists travel through there. I think there's mm-hmm. a club, I can't remember. A lot of people play there. Maybe the Chameleon Club. That might have closed, but... They did close, yeah. So yeah. I headlined there a few different times in okay. the past couple of years. Great place. Staff was kind of iffy at times, but mm-hmm. like great place there. Dope size venue. And artists, like you said, like really, and I've talked about this before on other like podcasts and interviews and stuff, like Lancaster is kind of like the third biggest touring market or was in Pennsylvania where like people that would come on tours would come through Pittsburgh, okay. come through... Um, Philadelphia and Lancaster was kind of like a third place spot. Like people would tour through Lancaster through the Chameleon Club or through Telus 360 downtown. That's it, yes. And then uh, there's a new place actually. I think it's called Mickey's Black Box, which is in Lidditz, right near Rock Lidditz, where people, oh, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that, those big black buildings oh, yeah, where yeah. a lot of, like, I think uh, Shawn Mendes was just there last week. Yeah, MGK, Katy Perry, Katie Perry Justin Gaga. Bieber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. all these I've massive heard. acts are like chilling oh, in Lidditz, rehearsing crazy. their arena tours. It's yeah. wild, bro. Yeah. It's like a weird, like, little pocket of the industry in Lidditz, yeah. which is super cool. And, um, but yeah, dude, uh, Lancaster definitely is like, I have being from Lebanon. Sometimes I get spiteful because Lebanon is definitely behind the curve in terms of different things. It is, a, mm-hmm. it's a tougher place. And, yeah. um, a good buddy of mine, I talked to, uh, I used to work with him. Um, I talked with him all the time cause his mom is the mayor and oh, wow. we would just have yeah, yeah. Uh, conversations about like, you know, how difficult it is to build a foundation to grow on in a certain area that may be like an economically depressed area or may just not have kind of the bones to grow quickly. Like, like Lancaster is a place that blossomed pretty quickly into the yeah. arts, oh, lit yeah. it. But those are, you know, those are places that were kind of built 
for quicker growth in that way. So, but Lebanon always has like always love you and Lebanon bologna and like, oh, right. you know, Shuey's pretzels Shoeys, and like, uh-huh. I enjoy the history of the area because yeah. it is really fascinating. Um, but sometimes I get spiteful talking about Lebanon cause like, I feel like there's always something a little sour about your hometown sometimes. So I get, I get too caught up in that sometimes I think I have a negative attitude towards no, Lebanon. I, but I got you. Yeah. And, Lancaster's yeah. dope though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you mentioned the mayor here uh, in mm. Lebanon, the Sherry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you know Jimmy? Uh, Jason. Or oh, Jason. I know okay. Jimmy too, but I'm not really. Uh, I know Jason a lot yeah, closer. Yeah. Okay. His younger brother. Yeah. Yeah, because Jimmy's about my age, and uh, I, tr- I try to get him on the podcast. But anyway, that's a that's a side note. He's, yeah. He's big into hunting and all this kind right, of stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm really not. So I like to interview people that you know have different backgrounds, different stories than I do. Right. Different different world experiences. Really. Definitely. So yeah. I thought that was interesting when you mentioned that. Yeah. Do you think there was one person, you know, like some people, it's their mom, some people, mm. it's their dad, some people, it's their grandma right. um, that really encouraged you or pushed you like, so now, you know, Millersville graduated, yeah. you know, you're getting into music, you like it. Is there anybody, maybe, maybe your wife, I don't know, but anybody that kind of guided you? Not really, man. I think for me, and sometimes I, back in the day would get when I wasn't near as like mentally strong as I can like develop a certain like mental resilience or emotional resilience as you get older to certain things. I think when I was younger, I used to get spiteful over kind of feeling alone in a journey, you know, um, and people not understanding, which still happens from time to time, but that's with anything. I'm sure you can relate in some different things, you know, when you start a podcast, people might be like, what the fuck, you know, like why, you know what I mean? Like Exactly. There's always haters. And I feel like, um, for me, like you mentioned the podcast and, mm-hmm. and there's so many different things in life for different people, but it's taking that step and it's be, it's being willing to put yourself out there right? because so many people, right, could be like, you know what, why are you doing this? What's the point? Uh, you know, just kind of hateful. But mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't do it or try it, you'll right. never know if you're, you're good know. at it. You never know. And then yeah. you got to live with that. You right. Know? The power yeah. of that's, that's insane, man. And, and I'll get back to like answering the question here in a second, but I, I, lo- I would love to touch on that point because yeah. that's, that's a thing I think a lot of people miss. And not saying like I'm some like woke, like I know what you need to do in life. Like that's not, I was just, I don't know, man. Like even sometimes with my music, I feel like it's a bit of a torturous thing sometimes because I feel like I I love it so much and I'm I'm so obsessed with it, the craft and chasing the dream and making it into a career and stuff like that, like a financially stable career for the rest of my life. There's a certain um, torturous aspect to it, I think, because... I feel like I can't escape it. Like there's sometimes I want to turn my mind off or I want to slow down the thought or I want to just like step out of that constant chase and constant grind after it and try to just take a breath, which I'm trying to, I work on as much as I can, but I feel like, you know, just as a human being, it's, it's hard to do that sometimes, especially when there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And, um, it's easy to kind of like get really stressed out and get strung out and burn out. And, um, you know, that's, you know, it, I'm trying to think how to word it, but like, yeah, it's just sometimes I wish I could step out of it, Mm -hmm. but I'm very grateful that I think, you know, I found something that I truly believe I'm meant to do. You know, I'm meant to make music. I'm meant to try to impact people's lives in that way. And it's just like, it's really the only way I know how to express myself. And like, it's a therapeutic thing where like, there's no feeling and any musicians that might listen can totally relate. Like there's no feeling like going through something, mm-hmm. processing it, and then being able to put it on paper and make it into a song. Like, even though it's a song isn't something you can hold, but it's something you listen to and it, and it peaks emotions. Like, yeah. it, you know, you can put yourself back in the, the, for me, like the space I was when I made it, or I can, somebody can hear it and be like, oh, like this helped me get through. And when I get those types of messages on social media, that's yeah. like, so like makes my day and night and everything. Like, it's, it's insane. Just to think that, 
I don't know. And like I said, it's a torturous thing, but I feel very blessed that, you know, I'm somehow randomly have the ability to be able to craft, I guess, feelings I go through into a song and that can impact people in a positive light. I mean, I feel like there's no greater gift. It's helping me and helping other people. It's like a win-win. Right. So if you ever feel like you need a a break, what is it for you? Um, and we can go mm. back to the, the yeah. other question about who encouraging got you into music, but no, yeah, sorry, I, I figured totally, no, no, t- you're totally good. went on a tangent, oh, didn't even answer you, it. You're fine, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I wanted to kind of fantail off of this, but mm-hmm. uh, is it going to like some people go to the gym, some right. people just blare music and just close their eyes, some people do mm-hmm. video games on their phone, whatever it is, yeah, you know, what's kind of like your okay, hey, I, I need to take a step back, yeah, you know, I got all these people messaging me, um, impacting their lives, which is phenomenal, but like. I got to think about me. Right, right. What is that for you? Like, what's your break? Yeah, that's a great question because I think I should, regardless of, you know, whatever I guess my answer is here, I should do more of whatever it is. Um, even today was a prime example. Like I said, before we turned, uh, before we started recording, like my battery died on the way here and I'm like fucking yeah. losing my shit because I'm like, I leave for tour, tour in two days. My battery died. I'm right. trying to, I'm going to be late for this podcast now. So I'm like up in my head, like, you know, unraveling right. like, Jesus yeah, yes. <laughs> but, um, but yes, wait, sorry, what was the question again? So like what oh, is things your, to do to, to, to relax, right, to step away? Right, yes, yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. You're, you're good, you're good. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I like hiking, I should do it more, and all these, um, I guarantee I'm going to be like, I should do this more. Yeah. I enjoy hiking, um, trying to think, <laughs> and I feel like this is like an artist, like you don't have any hobbies besides what you're trying to pursue. But yeah, I enjoy hiking. My parents just got a pool at their house. I really enjoy swimming. So again, something about water, man. Like I'll, yeah. I'll be in water for hours, dude. And there's something, I don't know, it's just very soothing. peaceful about that. Yeah, yeah, very soothing. I enjoy the beach. Um, just hanging out with my dog, going on walks. And I, I live in Lidditz. Okay. Um, What's your dog's name real quick? Uh, Wilbur. Wilbur. Yeah, oh, Wilbur. perfect. Right, yeah. <sighs> The, yeah, the that's most awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most no, uh, but yeah, that's great. generic name for a, a dog from Lidditz. But yeah, so I, I enjoy hanging out with my dog and and going on walks with him and my wife okay. and having great conversation, hanging out with friends, like just kind of I guess the generic, you know, type of stuff. But there there is something I should go hiking more. I wanted to hike this week and I didn't. Um, to try to just have a moment where it's like yeah. all I hear is like the wind and the birds. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Just that but, center of um, find your center. Right. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff definitely helps kind yeah. of calm the mind. Yeah. No, for sure. And for those uh, listeners out there mm-hmm. um, that don't know, Wilbur is Wilbur Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Littitz. right. Yeah, some little um, stuff right there. Yeah, because yeah. we have some listeners uh, outside of outside of the country. And Love uh, that. yeah, so it's really good chocolate. If you ever had Hershey Kisses, uh, it's it's like that, but just not as sweet. Maybe I don't know. It's a little different. Yeah, uh, but Wilbur Buds, it's called instead yeah, of Hershey Buds, Kisses. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So now to circle back. Right. Yeah. Who kind of was there? Anybody that encouraged you or motivated you? Or was like, look, Jordan, like you got to go. You got to chase your dream. Let's do this. Right. Yeah, man. I mean. I- my parents have always been supportive of what I do. I think there's always been a, an element of misunderstanding because nobody really in my family has kind of taken a, a left turn, so to speak, when, you mm-hmm. know, like everybody has kind of, you know, they got the they got the job, they work a stable job, which is, I mean, obviously, there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have the upbringing I had if it wasn't for, you know, my parents working hard and, and making choices to, you know, support a family and stuff like that. And, um, you know, not saying what I'm doing is irresponsible. It's just a different, it's a different oftentimes longer marathon as a pro, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, like the, that finish line of making it like a financially stable career and something that you can continue to live off of and build for the rest of your life. Um, it takes longer. And I think a lot of people don't understand that, I guess. Um, and at least in my family, like I said, I dealt with a lot of doubt and misunderstanding, kind of trying to pursue this initially and still do. 
Um, and that did really affect me pretty deeply for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, where I would be like, man, I feel so isolated and alone because I feel like all I really have is like my wife that understood. And I mean, I'm immensely lucky that I even had her to be able to like always be there to kind of talk me off a ledge if I was kind of freaking out about something or upset that I felt like I didn't have acceptance or support from like my family and stuff like that. But I mean, they always come out to the shows. My sisters always come to the shows. Um, my parents always come out whenever I play Lancaster. So they're supportive. So they're in no way like, you know, they're, they're not like, Oh, stop doing this. Like this is irresponsible, but there's definitely been an element of misunderstanding. So I've always felt a bit alone in, in that way. Um, but when I think back to like when I was younger, I didn't really have anybody in particular guide me into it. Um, cause I probably had a little more backlash when I started doing it than support. Um, but I do my mom's dad, um, I would have called him my grandpa Howman. He died when I don't know how old I was, but maybe like six or something like that. I was pretty young, but yeah. I, I was the oldest grandchild in my family and, uh, I was the only grandchild that really has any like distinct memories of hanging out with him um, right. before he passed away because I was the oldest. And I remember at least seeing, and even after the fact, seeing pictures, he did like silent movies and stuff like that. He was really Whoa. into like the James Dean, Elvis Presley culture right. and stuff like that. He had like oh, these awesome. antique plates on his wall at his apartment of like Elvis and James Dean. And that was probably my first exposure to anything entertainment wise, anything that was just like, I guess, part of the arts, so to speak, um, because I never really connected with that in school or anything. But when I think back, I'm like, man, where did I, I mean, music definitely has a big part of my family. Like my dad loves music. Like we, we play uh, music around Christmas time. My mom likes to play Elvis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or my dad is really into like the radio station around here, like one five seven the X. I grew up on listening to that in my oh, dad's yeah. truck. <laughs> and I like a lot of that music. My dad and I went to like Metallica concerts and, um, and stuff like that. And, uh, Greta Van Fleet concerts and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so I didn't have anyone particular guide me, but when I think back, like where did, maybe where did I get some sort of like taste of the arts, so to speak? I, w- I like to think that my grandpa, you know, I got yeah. that from him. You know what I mean? Oh so, yeah. It sounds like, uh, I don't I want to say inspiring, but yeah. had a different look on life and, right. and very, like I said, creative and just kind of yeah. like, Hey, you know what? I like this. I'm not afraid to to, to show and tell people right, that like, right. hey, this is what I like, this is the music I like. How did Michael Waves yeah. start, and who came up with the name? Because I think it's an awesome name. Oh, I thanks, think it's very man. catchy. Yeah, honestly, I, I I do. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, so when I first started, I went by my initials JMB, which is like, and any friends that listen to this, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So I, I started with that name in college, and it was like. You know, my music sucked. It was all about like being in college and like college related stuff. And, yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't any impactful music that had any like meaningful substance really. Um, and I remember like I always took this super serious even back then when like the music was garbage and like my name was my initials and stuff like that. But when I started to like really think about kind of like fan discovery and different things like that and like taking this seriously as a career, I was like, I need to have a name that's like more Google friendly. Yeah. For and sure. um, JMB was just not you know, not doing yeah. it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, number one, it wasn't something when, when you Googled that, you weren't finding me right away. Number one. And number two, it just didn't sound good. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's artists out there that are successful that have their, you know, initials being their name. But it just, for me, I was just like, I need something better. Mm-hmm. Um, so my middle name's Michael. So I was like, well, and I was a big Drake fan and I've, I saw different artists, um, go by the use their middle name as their artist name. And, um, 
So I was like, all right, we'll start with Michael. And I remember, I, I literally distinctly remember that. My memory is garbage, but I distinctly remember this. Okay. Um, a couple, of, I guess a couple of different like memories I distinctly remember uh, throughout my life, which is pretty wild. But um, I used to work at the Hershey company down in Hershey. My dad works there. And over summers in college, he got me a job just being like an administrative, you know, like paperwork type shit. And um, I remember sitting there because I could do my job in like 45 minutes for the whole day. Because oh, wow. a lot of people there weren't necessarily the most like technologically savvy gotcha. people. And just being younger, I kind of knew how to do stuff. And, uh, you know, I was doing like simple, like working on like Word documents. I'm like, all right, here we go. Work's done in 45 minutes. Yeah. So I would sit there and do music stuff. Like at that time, I really wasn't accomplishing much. I thought I was. But um, one of the things I still remember, I remember, <laughs> it's so funny. I could walk in the factory probably right now and find the exact cubicle I was sitting in. Because I just remember like that thinking about this when I when I discovered the name. So I was sitting there just like literally randomly searching through like words. I don't know if it was like dictionary.com or what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need some word that sounds cool with Michael being the first name. And somehow, I have no idea, just stumbled upon waves. And I was like, Michael Waves. And I was like, that kind of sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that has, you know, it doesn't sound bad. And I was like, well, to make it Google friendly, I'll add a second V in the in the waves to make it a little more That's distinct. Genius, dude. Seriously. And, well, it's funny. Uh, there's actually a like a surf rock band called Waves with two Vs. Oh, what? I didn't find this out until like a year after okay. I changed my name. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah I didn't either. Uh, the, their fans will like every so often, like every like four months, I'll get like an angry tweet on Twitter, and it's oh, like. Geez you're not the real waves. I'm like, well, I'm not, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Do a little research. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. You know, it is what it is. It's funny. Um, but yeah, so I, I chose that and had it, I guess it kind of had a ring to it, I guess. Also one thing I didn't realize that it sounds like microwave. I got that a lot when I started to get some traction online. People would talk shit in comments about like, what's his name? Microwave. That's pretty good. Which it is good. So what I did, and you're exactly right. It is good. I took the, uh, I got it, you know, a handful of times like that joke. So I put it on a merch item. You spun it? Yeah. So I I put like a, like a, I made like a design with a microwave with kind of like my logo colors and I put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that way to try to spin it like that. Right. But. But yeah, man, so that's how the name really came up. And it is kind of funny now, like anytime anybody calls me like Mike or even just, I mean, Michael, I, I guess I'm more so responsive because my dad's name is Mike and I have like a good friend named Mike. I, I've never been the Mike, you know right. what I mean? Like yeah, every yeah. kind of group has like a Mike, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I've yeah. never been the Mike. So um, it's interesting if like I'll be at a show and like, you know, a fan or whether it's, uh, you know, another artist that knows me by, by Michael Waves will be like, yo, Mike. And like, I usually don't respond the first time because I'm like, oh, that's not me. And he's right. not looking for me. And then they'll be like, yo, Mike. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. So I'll turn around. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of super, again, no really rhyme or reason. I was literally just looking to change my name. And that's kind of what came about. So I'm kind of glad I landed on that because I think it has kind of like a long lasting state. It has a ring to it, like you said, it, I think. It, it does. Yeah. What comes to mind um, when I'm thinking it's like uh, sound waves, right, radio yeah. waves, you know, there's mm-hmm. just so much you could do off of that. Yeah, for sure. And it's just spoo- like Michael Waves. You right. Know? Yeah. It's not too hard to say, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I wasn't even thinking about that kind of shit at the time but yeah i'm glad it, it worked kind of, out yeah, right i saw in 2019 you released uh purple heart yeah which, which this is phenomenal for a guy out of pennsylvania especially lebanon county mm-hmm. uh was debuted at number 12 right on itunes top r&b charts yeah what was that like how was it producing it and where do you where do you go here i know you're, you're in lancaster mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm throwing a lot of questions at you but no no yeah. where did you go to to produce that to record right. the sound and everything yeah, so um, I guess first, like feeling wise, it was awesome. I mean, I definitely am a person, and my wife can for sure attest to this. 
I don't celebrate the wins enough. Um, and I think a lot of people suffer from that that are kind of going after something. And I'm sure you can relate to that where like you celebrate it for like a millisecond in your mind and then right. you're like, all right, well, how do we build and on to the next? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and again, my wife has been like great at being like, yo, you need to like slow down and set like yeah. be happy about this you're like your even, big you're your biggest critic i didn't mean to cut right. you off no 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 how, you're exactly I, right I can be. yeah 100 yeah. right yeah. and like even like last night i was at dinner with like her family and they we always do cheers at the beginning of dinner and somebody says like a cheers which is actually a really That's cool awesome. like yeah it's a really cool like, wholesome yeah. thing and they were like you know best of luck on the tour following your like very yeah. support like it was awesome but it, i was so uncomfortable because i'm like oh this is me celebrating something yeah. you know like and i know I'm what like, you mean yeah. you know what i'm saying like you know it was a little bit uncomfortable because it's just an example of like me not letting myself uh, like celebrate the wins but it was really cool like I remember waking up that morning and like I grinded hard to try to like have anybody pre-order it and that was back when uh I mean I, iTunes is still around um but like streaming was more so of a thing so um pushing fans to iTunes was really great excuse me because it costs more money to buy something on iTunes. So usually fans will go right to like Apple music or Spotify and you know, you don't need to buy it per se. So mm -hmm. people that bought it, I'm eternally grateful for whether it's friends, family or fans. Um, but yeah, I remember waking up that morning. I, I remember I, I might've even stayed up to like, uh, I think I did actually stay up till midnight. Cause that's when kind of it resets. I think it like midnight or one o'clock waiting to like just refreshing the charts yeah. to see if I appeared there. Right. And I only stayed there for a couple of days and you know, it is what it is. I still, you know, but I, yeah, like, and again, there's an, another example right there of me not celebrating the wins. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. I stayed there for a couple of days, but yeah, it was really cool, man. I mean, I, you know, for a second I was just like, we're on the right path, you know, yeah, like yeah. there's something here that I think I can build on. Um, I know I can build on. So it was great in that way. And I can't, what were the rest of the, the questions there? Cause they were. Great. Yep. Yep. So the other question was, do you remember where, what studio did you record? Oh yeah. It, if you want to shout them out. And yeah, talk? absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how any, I don't know anything about how music's produced or recorded. Mm -hmm. So maybe for the listeners and for myself, yeah. you know, what's that, what was that process like? Right. Yeah. So back at that point, like not to go too deep into it cause okay. it's kind of a rabbit hole, but like back at that point, um, I didn't really have too many producer friends to like make the instrumentals and the beats for the songs because I don't know how to do any of that. So at that point, um, there's a lot of producers that post their stuff on the internet. They'll have like beat stores and stuff like that, like BeatStars, SoundClick back in the day. Like there's these different websites where like, let's say you were a producer, you could upload all your beats online and then artists could sift through your page, listen to everything that you have and like, okay. oh, I like beat number eight. I'm going to basically lease it from you, which they'll pay some money. You get mm -hmm. like, you know, certain rights for what, how much, like how many streams you can get and how, you know, whatever you basically pay like 40 bucks and you can use the beat is basically what yeah. you don't own it, but you can use it. Right. So back then I, I leased, I leased all the beats, I think off of purple heart. Now I work with a producer. Um, do you know who Max Getz is by any chance? Yeah, that sounds real familiar. Yeah, so I just started working with Max. I okay. was just there earlier. Actually, had my last studio session before we left for tour. I had to finish. Literally, I had to finish the. I had to finish a song that's the intro of my set, so now I have to memorize it before Sunday, Whoa. which is going to be you a got song it. You yeah, got appreciate it. that. Yeah, but yeah, Max Getz um, is who I work with now, and he produces. Uh, he produced uh, two of the last three songs we did together, and it's much better to like kind of make things from scratch as opposed to like. When it has to do with ownership and royalties and all that kind of stuff, it's just much simpler. Um, but back when we did Purple Heart, um, a good friend of mine, um, he was like uh, in my wedding party. His name's Eric Fletcher. We met in college through a, a mutual friend. And back then, I just had like a bunch of shitty lyrics in a notebook. And okay. I didn't, you know, I, I consider myself, I still remember like going to college classes and you go like around in the circle, like, what's something interesting about yourself? I'm like, I'm a rapper. And I, all I have was like 
shit yeah. lyrics down down in a notebook. I had nothing recorded. And everybody had, looks at you like, yeah, really? like this like, guy, the this, white rapper in college, <laughs> right. this guy. Yeah, yeah, right. Little do they know. Yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. I never stopped. But so like at that point, um, I had this mutual friend that I had uh, education classes with. And um, he was like, oh, I have this buddy of mine. He records like some dudes in the dorm. And he's like, you should meet him. I'm like, all right, cool. So I met uh, Eric. We became real good friends. And like, we just kind of hit the ground running. We don't work together anymore. He kind of recently, within the past like two years, I kind of stopped doing the recording thing. So transitioned out of that. But at, at the time, he did all of Purple Heart where he recorded all of it. He engineered all of it. He did all my uh, vocal editing and stuff like that. So wow. yeah, we we literally built like a, a professional studio in like his basement over no a couple way. Of years. Yeah, just like dumped a few grand every t- anytime we could, anytime we had any yeah. extra money, like refund check or Christmas wow. money or birthday money. Yeah. We bought new pieces of equipment and then over like two, three years, we had like a really solid great sounding setup and he and he yeah. was very skilled at engineering and you know taught himself how to do all of it by like watching youtube videos you know YouTube. it's not like he went to like full sale or any recording school it was yeah. all very and same as me like we were all like self-taught like we just were like well we're just gonna do this by ear what sounds right like we didn't really know yeah. too much about it he was in a band so he knew more than i did but yeah he did all a purple heart so it was, it was cool to see See so it kind of have a moment where, and, and that one was kind of like my first flagship project where I started to see some fans trickle in and stuff like that, um, which is really cool looking back because um, I'm very proud of that project. Like it tells a cohesive story. It kind of has like a central theme around it. Right. Um, so and yeah, it, man. it sounds amazing. Like I would have never man. known that it was uh, set up in the basement, right. you know, kind of compiled, which... You know, that's kind of like our studio here at American mm-hmm. Home Podcast. You know, it's, it's right. in the Color Tech Creative Solution Studios. Just got redone. And, and you like know, I said, man, the best, best shit happens in the basement. Exactly. You yeah. did say that. Exactly right. So, no, it's that's phenomenal. Um, so, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What's your average day look like? So, yeah. not, not yet on tour, just mm-hmm. your average day going about... Um, you know, I'm assuming maybe there's there's a, a full-time job. And yeah. then you have this as like your side hustle. But, like, what's it like? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... It definitely gets interesting um, and could be a lot. Like, so my day job right now, so I'm an eighth grade social studies teacher. Oh, I love um, social studies. Yeah, no, me too, man. Phenomenal. So eighth grade social studies teacher. Um, and like, that's kind of, you know, that's my quote unquote day job, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, yeah. And there's many aspects about teaching that I love. I love, there's a lot of the things I love about teaching are a lot of the same reasons why I, I pursue music and love music. Okay. Where, like impacting people and different things like that, whether it's impacting kids with you know, a positive figure in their life, like a teacher yes. or whether yes. it's impacting fans and people that listen to my music, you know, in that way. So there's definitely a lot of parallels with that. I mean, teaching to be as transparent as possible, that's something I'm trying to work out of and do the music full time, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, there's elements of teaching that I do really enjoy. There's other things that really suck about it. Um, it's definitely a very taxing career and it's not something I can see. I'm going to give myself another year or two before I move on out of it. Yeah. Um, But teaching has been really great. um, Not only because like my coworkers are always super supportive. They come out to shows kids. I still get, I was going to ask you like students, do they show love and support? Yeah, they do. Some of them are haters, but they're, Hey, they're Uh, eighth graders. So it's that age. age. They want to be a hater. I I get it. Um, But yeah, dude, when I first started, I remember being like super nervous of like what, like, I was like, am I going to get fired if they discover this? Or like, I didn't know what, you know, yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, 
I remember when people first started finding out because the Lebanon Daily News did an article on me and they actually ended up putting it on the front page of the Whoa, paper. Whoa, dude, front so page. Like, Lebanon yeah, Daily so News. it was cool. Yeah. And that was kind of, this was like Seriously. five, six years ago. So more people kind of read the physical paper. Now it's just like right. old people that, <laughs> that like read the paper. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so they put me on the front page. I still remember I came into school that day. It was like one of my first or second years like working there and they were like, I had no idea. Like the secretaries in the main office yeah. were like, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah. And then, so that was like the first time I really had to be I wasn't hiding it, but I, I wasn't like broadcasting. And it's kind of the yeah. same now. Like I have kids and all the kids know about it. Like I'm kind of known as like the teacher that's a, a rapper or a musician or whatever. Um, in a non-corny way, I'm not like up there like rapping about like U.S. history. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, that's like super tacky and <laughs> yeah. super corny because I take my career, my music career very seriously. Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was kind of an interesting uh, thing. But now it's, it's super cool. Like I was a uh, long-winded answer to get to, but um, – a lot of kids will message me, like they'll find me on Instagram or whatever. Um, like I'm pretty easy to find online, I guess. Um, but they'll be like, they'll, they'll per- start pursuing music themselves, or That's they'll awesome. be like, "Hey, like you were an inspiration back when I had like I maybe never said anything when I was that you know like you're like, for, you're 14, you're not gonna walk yeah. up to an adult and say you're an inspiration, you know, like you're gonna grow into it later and then be like, wow, this person actually impacted me more than I thought. Yeah. So I get I get a handful of those types of kids that shoot me messages or like approach me you know if i see him at the store or like maybe you know if we are at school or whatever um so it's actually a really cool thing because i would like i said i was super nervous when i first started and now it's transitioned into like a really awesome thing where i do think i'm probably impacting more kids than i th- give myself credit for or think yeah, yeah. Um, which is just an amazing thing to see like especially kids there's kid like i just actually found on the way here like a, a kid i had a couple years ago passed away like the, oh. this is like there are a lot of kids in this area deal with a lot of tough shit like yeah. a, a lot more than probably people think mm-hmm. um especially me like i grew up like outside the city in a middle class neighborhood as an in-ground pool right right, right. I have my both my parents are together had a steady job you know like there's a lot of kids that aren't in those scenarios in this area yeah and i think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that fully especially in a smaller city like lebanon like maybe you're like oh philly you know there's some rough areas there's right. rough you know kids that are in like broken family units mm-hmm. and that's here in Lebanon too. And, um, I like to think that I can hopefully be an example to them that like, Hey, I don't necessarily have to follow the same path of like kind of, you know, self-destruction or bad decisions. Like maybe the people right. around me, I can right. kind of maybe take a left turn and, you know, do something non-traditional because I love it. And then maybe that can lead to something like a career down the road. That is something I enjoy doing and passionate about. And, you know, exactly. Love what you do in life. You know, if you can yeah. chase your passions you right. know, and like you hinted at earlier, a four year college is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a tech school, you get right into to a right. career or you have the capability or the cojones really to chase right, your dream, yeah. you know, and, exactly. and, and go after something that people mm-hmm. might make fun of you for, because it's like, Really, you're you're a singer. You think you can do podcasts. You think you can play the guitar. It's like, right. well, yeah. Let me prove you all wrong. You know, and go out mm-hmm. there. One hundred percent. It's funny you mentioned too, being a history teacher. That mm-hmm. was like my favorite class. Like I said, in, in yeah. high school and everything, even middle school. But I just picture like School of Rock, Jack Black. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. ever, while you're there, like play some of your music for the kids and and uh, like, get some, their opinion? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I ha- I have like I'll be I'll like work on demos that I'm really excited yeah. about. Demos kind of just like an unfinished song. Like okay. it's just like an idea. Um, so I'll bring some in and I'll be like, Hey, I'm working on this. Like, what do you think? Yeah, and like over lunch or like a study period. Yeah, or something or, like I'll that. do it in class. I don't even yeah, care. Yeah. Like I'm just like, Hey, while they're working on something, yeah. or I'll just be like, Hey, like listen to this. Let me know what you think. Especially because it is nice. I can kind of tap into like what kids are into. 
Because that's the next generation. I mean, right, those, those right. And that's, you know, that's a market really when you think about it business wise or, and it's just good to get that kind of opinion because I'm not a young kid. So I'm not as tapped into what, right. I don't want to say what's hip because that makes me sound old, but like, yeah, yeah. You know, what's current and, and you know, yeah. popping right now. Exactly. And uh, so it is good for that. I don't like go out of my way and like play it all the time. And kids will ask me like, play your music, play your music. And so, and I'm like, you can look it up on the internet. Like it's pretty easy to find. If you want to listen yeah. to it, you can go in your own time and check it out. I see you're about to kick off. The Content Overload Tour, yeah. uh, July 10th, it starts with over 15 stops planned. Who's all on board? What's it like? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. So I leave in two days. The crew gets, um, um, two days, so, yeah, so like I leave in three days actually on Sunday, Sunday morning. Um, the first show's in Philly. So there's like six of us, myself, uh, Danny G, who's the co-headliner. He's out of Nashville. And then we have our tour manager, who's a manager out of Nashville as well. And then we have like a content guy. We have a DJ and like a assistant tour manager to help out with things. So this is the first, like, I've always done like DIY touring myself. I started touring before I should have, to be honest. Like I started touring before I had any fans. I started touring before I knew what I was, what I was even doing. I started touring out of necessity, man. Like it was something that I was like, I always had control over. I can, I could, I have control of trying to book my own shows. I don't have control of a big YouTube channel post on my song. I don't have control of the algorithm picking up my song and getting a bunch of plays. I don't yes, have control right. over going viral, but I have a little more control over playing live shows and trying to bet on that to win people over to be fans. Yeah. So I started doing the touring thing pretty DIY, just myself, like whipping around in my SUV, my, my last little run last Christmas, which kind of got like derailed because uh, Omicron variant hit and kind of yeah. canceled some of the shows. But my dad came along. Like it's very like grassroots shit, man. And I, I would I would not have it any other way. Mm-hmm. And this content overload tour is kind of the first real like I don't want to say legit tour because I, I consider all my shows like legit shows. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. take everything very professionally. But this is like we have a squad. We have like a tour crew. We have a passenger van we're touring the country with. We're playing 18 cities across the country. Whoa. You know, we have tour sponsors. We have like it's it's a lot of shit. It's a lot of moving parts and it's a lot of work. Like it, like this week has just been insane in terms of tour prep and stuff like that. But yeah, we have a group of six guys. We're we're going around like I'm excited to meet fans that have been fans of me for a while. I'm excited to make a bunch of new fans. I'm excited to document it and make content out of it and, you know, grow my social media presence and just kind of expose, you know, people into kind of an aspect of my life that I'm super proud of. And I'm, it's, it's something that in years, like I'll look back and be like, man, I remember that first big tour, like that yeah. we, the content overload tour, that first big one. And, you know, really be able to like, I want to enjoy this the most I can. Cause I, there's going to be some rough shows. Like I'm playing with a show in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't even know if I have any fans in Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma. I probably don't, but I want to be able to leave Tulsa with m- maybe five, 10 people that give a shit right. about what I got going on and grow it. Exactly. You know, it's just like, yeah. I always compare this type of stuff to being an entrepreneur and like starting a business, like whether it's you're starting a coffee shop or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like obviously this is your family business. Like somebody yeah. at some point took a risk to be like, you know what? I want to start a business and it's going to be hard. I'm going to eat mm-hmm. shit. I'm not going to make money for probably a number of years initially. Right. But I know this is something, a foundation I can grow on and there's really something here. And most importantly, I'm passionate about it and I enjoy it. That's it. And that's what like, and I, I did like this interview with Lebtown and like the last paragraph of it. Um, cause they were asking me about the tour. I said, this is, this is a prime example of me looking like over the edge of the cliff and saying, fuck it 
Let's go. Yeah. I'm going to jump off the cliff. I'll figure it out on my way down and I'll be able to learn from this experience, take a risk and kind of translate it into a learning experience that I can continue building yeah. from. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely a, a leap of faith on, exactly. on your part. That's a but, great word for it. Yeah. But if you don't do it, you know, how are you ever going to know? And, uh, if you don't go out there to Oklahoma right. and all these other cities that you're going into, mm-hmm. how are you going to know whether you have fans there or not currently? Right. If people, you know, want your music, they, they could be like, here you once, and it's all of a sudden like, that's a guy. Like, that's that's what, you know what I mean? They, right. They click with you, and they, they want more of your music. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I wish you best of luck on it. You I know? appreciate that. And I know man. you're going to kill it. I'll be definitely following along on social media, because yeah, like you said. Yeah, come through to Lancaster, man. If you yeah. got nothing going on, we're there the 15th at Tell I might us. take you up on that. Okay. Yeah, I would love that. Fantastic. Yeah, that'd be awesome. My next question, mm-hmm. what are you really passionate about? Mm-hmm. And I, I think you kind of hinted on it, but maybe you can... You yeah. Know, kinda, no, I love that really, question. Yeah. <laughs> My friends that have listened to this, I'm like the dude that like gets a bag on and starts talking about what you're passionate about. Like I'm the guy at the bar that like after a few yeah. drinks starts talking about like what you're passionate about. Like, so what's your passion? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I love this question. But I think when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't know mm-hmm. um, what I, what I was passionate about. And I think as I got older, I think I kind of had some self discovery and like, okay, so why do, why am I making music or why am I, why am I obsessed with this? It wasn't necessarily like, I do love crafting songs and making songs. It's an amazing process. It's like literally manifesting something out of nothing. But I think, you know, what I'm passionate about is just like helping people realize that there is like, like literally anything is possible. And I, that sounds so cliche and so generic, but it's like literally anything is possible as long as you believe it is. I think people that live life, that's like, yeah, that's, you know, you can't do that. That's an example of them holding themselves back. And that's, exactly. a, that's a mindset flaw, really, because there is an unlimited amount of possibilities, you know, whether you believe in yourself at first or not, you know, something where consistency can build confidence over time. And I just want to be an example, man, like what drives me is, is being an example to other people that you can do anything you want. And you can do something that makes you happy because there is like a lot of like, whether it's in my family or friends, like I see so many people work a job and just hate it, like are drained. And then before you know it, 20 years go by, 35 years go by, you retire and you hear horror stories, dude. Like I had a neighbor. Yeah, yeah. He was a cop for, yeah, I mean, I didn't know him like super well, but like he got brain cancer and died within like a year of his retirement. Oh my God. Like he retired and was not even retired a year, got a terminal illness and died. And I'm like- I, I'll be damned if I sit here and like make a choice to like work a job that I dislike for 30 years, right. retire, and then be like, oh, now I can live life. I want to I take a chance and like put in the groundwork initially, whether like I'm going to eat shit for a long time yeah. and I'm not going to make money at first. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to be investing in myself. And that, I mean, that's like even a side conversation. It took me a while to understand like to fully accept spending money on like music and things was yeah, yeah. investing in myself and that, not a waste. Sometimes of money. that could be the best bet though is just betting on yourself. Right. You and I, I think, and I've had great conversations with people too, like about like the pandemic where everyone's like, well, you know, getting a job is the safe option. And then you're watching all these people get laid off. That might not be the safe option. Like the people that were the safest were the people that had control of their career Mm -hmm. situation, whether it, like I said, like I have a good buddy of mine that started his own coffee. Uh, Like he grinds his own coffee or roasts his own coffee beans in his garage. Now he has like a warehouse and it was like due during COVID. I I can't remember what his actual job was, but he got laid off and he's like, well, I have the side business. I'm just going to go all in. And now that's his career. That's a phenomenal. And and it's like such a great story where like, and that's a huge inspiration to me. So shout out to Glenn, but like, that's such an inspiration to me where it's like, 
it just reinforces my mindset, especially in times of like self doubt. Like I see stories like that, yeah. like especially from people I know and I'm like, you know what? And it just reinforces what I'm passionate about where it's like anything is possible. Any path is a completely viable path. Other people's opinions on what they think you should do are totally irrelevant. Like obviously take certain, you know, from your parents and stuff, take them mm-hmm. into account, you right, know, right. but yeah. don't let them judge all of your decisions. If you really want to go after something, one day, as grim as it sounds, and I think about this all the time, one day I'm going to die or I'm going to be dealing with the thought of I'm going to die soon. Right, right. And I cannot fathom living with massive regret at that point in my life knowing that I can't go back. You know, And even for like my kids, like I mean, I don't have kids now, but like my future right, children, exactly. like I want them to look at me or like fans to look at me or anybody that ever comes across my story and be like, damn, like he really did something that people didn't think he could do and showed me that I can go after something. And that's like, that's really what I'm here to do. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer. If you put it out into the universe, it will manifest itself. Like if you yeah. put your mind to it, you can do anything. And I think it's important for everyone to know that definitely wanted to uh, shout out Glenn. I don't know if you know the, the coffee company that he has. Yeah. Otis coffee. Perfect. O-T-U-S. Otis coffee. Yeah. Check out Otis coffee. My homie, Glenn Turchin. He grew up right down the street. We played street hockey Phenomenal. back in yeah. the day in the cul-de-sac and, and he's, he's living the dream man. I'm super proud of him and i hope he listens to this i'll have to send in this episode but yeah shout out to him massive inspiration to me it's really cool too because like not to go on another tangent but like we grew up on the same street never would have thought we would have both been like kind of chasing after something that i have another buddy of mine do you know who craig hartman is so he again he grew up like in the cul-de-sac that i grew up in yeah. he's some he started his own kind of apparel business and so okay. it's really cool man it's cool to see people you were at like the most like simple stages of your life with like growing up in the neighborhood all yeah. you did was like play kick the can and like football and baseball and stuff like that but like when you get older seeing people like guys like that i'm super close with being like oh they have a similar mentality to me where mentality to me where they're going after something i was like that's so tight but yeah so shout out to glenn otis coffee craig and uh King's Water Apparel. Yeah, well, so check, check that's them out. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. My homies, yeah. Glenn and Craig, uh, podcast doors always open to you guys. Yeah, if you ever want to jump I'll definitely, on. Yeah, I'll you know, definitely uh, if you direct could, uh, them your way. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Always looking for people uh, that want to come on and tell their story. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, what drives you personally to do what you do day in and day out? Uh, what drives me personally? Um, I think primarily, and maybe it's a selfish answer, but I think as I get older, I get better at accepting what I previously maybe thought was a selfish motive. And I want to prove to myself that I was right, um, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, I want to prove to myself mm-hmm. that the visions and the dreams and the plans, everything that's been in my mind and that I'm in the process of manifesting, I was right about it. Like, me betting on myself, that was the right bet to yeah. make. Yeah. Um, so that primarily, because I think, especially, like, growing up when I talked about, like, uh, playing, like, being, like, a B-team athlete, I think me not being too great at sports and stuff like that definitely, like, kind of damaged my confidence growing up because there was really not a moment I can look back and be like, wow, I really overcame there there was nothing really that i can and i'm sure there were moments of it um, but there never really was um, a specific moment i can look back on it's actually funny that you had coach bear on here yeah he's probably actually like when i really think about it somebody in my life that really was like in terms of like a positive inspiration in terms of like continuing to like believe in yourself he was one of the he's the best coach i think i've ever had phenomenal coach yeah, yeah. amazing guy man mm-hmm. and i read his book as well yes um, yeah. so i hope he listens to this if you do coach bear i would love to just like get a coffee or a beer with you because his energy is infectious man it is. It's, it is. it's so it's so like his energy is so like uh, i can think about it now and it's still so vivid even though it was so many years ago yeah. when like i ran track and stuff like that but anyways like um 
you know, what drives me is so proving myself right. Um, number one, I think. And, uh, number two, like I said, I just want to be an example. I want to like, even my wife has dreams of things she wants to do. I want to be an example to, to push her and to prove her, to prove to her that, you know, her dreams aren't foolish. Her dreams aren't far-fetched and, and, you know, to pursue those types of things. And especially for my kids, like, and again, I don't have any kids, but I think about, you know, I try to put myself in the shoes. Like it's, I don't think as much as I can think about what it's like to have kids, you don't really know. I'm sure until you have them in front of you or in your arms. But like, I try to think about like, you know, me as a father and I want to be an example to where, like I said earlier, like my kids can look and be like, my dad went against the grain. My dad, you know, when they get old enough to try to, you know, understand, you know, what life is all about and choices and career paths and, you know, whatever, what you're passionate about. I want them to look at me as an inspiration, even if when they're older and I'm not around anymore, I want to build a legacy of, making a choice to bet on yourself, believe in yourself, find what you're passionate about. If you're lucky enough, I think people will sometimes live their whole life and don't really find what they're passionate about, which is kind of a sad thing to think about. But right. if, if you're open enough to it and can tap into what you're happy, uh, you know, what makes you happy in life and what you're passionate about, just an example of that, like, Hey, this isn't just a hobby. This isn't just like a side gig. This can be mm-hmm. something that is your life. And literally like, and I'm sure, like you said, your grandfather started this business. Yeah, he did. He literally yeah. started a legacy for your whole family. Like it yeah. was, uh, my wife and I talk about it and my mother-in-law and I talk about it too, like cycle breaking where there's like a cycle where like, it's just like a monotonous, like, Oh, you get the job, you retire, boom, you have kids, your right. kids get old enough. They get the job that, but there was somebody in that your family unit, in your case, your grandfather that said, you know, I want to start this business. And he built this legacy of yes. something new that your family can be a part of that. It created a whole new path that I think probably before him, people, when he probably started this business, people probably thought he was a fool in certain ways. You're like, right. I don't know anything yeah. about, you know, what you guys yeah. do in particular, but it's like probably, there was people that were in this, you know, he was in the same position as us where people were like, yo, that's foolish. And now look at it now. Like, yeah. you know, he, he took that left turn. He made that bet on himself, which created a legacy for generations to come. And I want to be that for my family. So I, I guess that's like my primary, yeah. you know, my family and just people that come across me, fans or friends or whoever that come across what I'm doing. I, I just want them to be inspired and bet, bet on themselves and believe in themselves because not enough people do. Oh, exactly. You know, you, you got to go all in on yourself. It's a, it's the safest bet in my mind. Right. And, uh, you know, it definitely hits close to home what you say. Cause like, you're exactly right. My grandfather started this, started Color Tech Creative Solutions back in 1980. So what do you guys do exactly? I feel like yeah. I should have Googled that. Oh, that's a great question. Actually, the yeah. first person to ever asked me. So like, yes. okay, yeah. So I'll go on a little, little <laughs> yeah, tangent. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, yeah. But I don't want to take up too much because like I said, it's about you. But uh, so 1980, we started out as a, a color separation of film house. So okay. we 1980, with, you said? Yeah, 1980. Wow. So we worked with printers all across the East Coast, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, all across PA. Um, and then we transferred into a print shop in the early 90s, you know, we started getting into printing. So we print, uh, like, maps for Hershey Park. We print for Wise Markets, oh, Rite wow. Aid. Yeah, all kind of printing. I probably have held products that have been printed by you guys. Yeah. Soon. Well, actually, we have a bunch of stuff right now at Wise Markets, these little rack cards. But, uh, yeah, so we can print posters, business cards, letterhead, envelopes, all kinds of stuff. I'm really, I'd have to hit you guys up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, seriously. If, yeah, if you need posters for, you know, I mean, this tour is obviously well yeah, underway. Have, but, yeah, have everything already. Yeah, but, yeah, in the future. For future for options. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, But, it, yeah, he took a risk. Uh, he was working for a very large 
print company mm-hmm. in Anvil called Lemon Valley Offset, and he saw technology changing, and and uh, he took the back door. You know, the owner said, "No, we're not going to change," and he said, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own thing." Took and the risk, exactly. bet it on himself, man. Bet it on himself. That's the shit, man. Yep, he is that I strong. Guess we going, bro. Exactly, strong yeah. Pennsylvania Dutch accent that you can barely <laughs> understand. But he went out and sold in his heyday. You know, he him alone sell 2.8 million roughly in wow. sales you know one guy yeah Hell and uh, yeah. now we're love to hear that exactly we have 25 employees now that's something you hear um, about a movie that kind of shit it is love it that. is you know he's 84 he still comes into the shop Amazing. he's crazy i love him but he's out of his mind um, shout out to your grandpa yeah no yeah. thank you jordan for bringing that up because you know yeah i'm very proud of what we got here and you know we're not uh the biggest operation going but mm-hmm. you know what we got is good and we got some great people very talented people um so if you if anybody out there any listeners need some, need some quality printing uh color tech creative solutions hit up austin, solutions, hit up austin. Up, exactly yeah. so now to, to come back in yeah how can our listeners connect with you how can they follow along on your journey yeah. do you have any merch like mm-hmm. let's let's get all the details yeah so i think by the time this comes out tour will be over but i probably hopefully won't but i might have merch left over after tour hopefully i sell it all on tour yes but yeah so michaelwaves.com m-i-c-h-a-e-l wavv 2 vs in there, es.com. Um, social media, I'm just at Michael Waves on all platforms. That, that was actually one of the reasons also I chose that name. I, I checked all the social medias to make sure I could get at Michael. I didn't have to put like an underscore, oh, the yeah. Michael Waves, or the real Michael Waves. So I was like, all right, cool, got that. So yeah, at Michael Waves, michaelwaves.com. If you just Google Michael Waves, odds are, again, one of the reasons I chose the name is you could find me pretty easily. So um, you could tap in that way, man. And I do have merch on my website um, and stuff like that. So yeah, give me a Google, check me out, and and tap in. Yeah, that's partially. I found you on Instagram. Yeah, um, and through JD John Donnelly. Yeah, shout he, out JD. He, man. Yeah, he's like, you gotta reach out to this Jordan, aka Michael Waves. Yeah. And I'm like, I never heard of him, but I'm down. Let's check. I it was out. just talking to him just the other day, man. Yeah, shout out yeah, to him. That's great. Real I'm good glad guy. he connected you and I. Yeah, yeah, you're killing it on TikTok, in my opinion, because. I saw your videos. I mean, two, three, four hundred views, some in the thousands, and I'm like, Yeah, I got to grow on TikTok, man. I mean, Instagram yeah. is probably my most popping platform right okay. now. I'm, I'm trying to grow on. T- Actually, the guy I'm going on tour with, Danny G, he's got, he's really popping on TikTok. Okay, right? he's got like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand followers. Whoa. He's got like millions of. He's. He's got it down out. to a science. So I'm going to be, especially when I'm on tour with him this summer, I'm going to be like writing notes. You learn know, a little bit. Yeah. Learn Young grasshopper. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like learn to talk about yeah. like popping on TikTok. He's the guy. So yeah, I, I appreciate the kind words though. Yeah, seriously. So before we close out, is there anything mm-hmm. else uh, you'd like the listeners to know about yourself? Yeah. I mean, you know, follow your dreams. Uh, you know, if, if there's something in your mind and I, I tell my students this, I tell fans that this, when I meet them at shows, I tell my friends this, or, you know, me and my wife talk about this all the time, but like, if there's something in your life that you're passionate about and you're happy about, don't for a second doubt that thought or doubt that path. Realize that that's a completely viable choice. It's just going to take a lot longer. You're going to have a lot more ups and downs. It's going to take a heck of a lot more work and groundwork, building a foundation to build on. But, um, it's worth it, man. And just, you know, like I said, follow your dreams, go after what you're passionate about. And I got to say, uh, when you say ups and downs, my grandfather, he's famous for saying, you got to ride the wave, right? <laughs> there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. No pun you, intended. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think about that. Maybe the bourbon's hitting, but, uh, yeah, right. you know, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, you don't want to get too high, but you don't get too low. It's like celebrate, but, right. but keep, keep hustling, keep driving. Mm-hmm. So, um, for all the people listening out there, I got to cheers you because your outfit's a vibe, man. I'm oh, loving my outfit. it. Thanks, yeah, bro. Dude, I made the shirt actually. Cheers, bro. What? Oh, seriously. Yeah, so this shirt I got at a 
Um, I appreciate you saying that. I got it yeah. a uh, like a thrift store. Okay. And it was originally this blue color. Yeah, yeah. And I just bleached it, which is totally like a trendy nice. thing now. But I did oh, it a couple years ago. Maybe it was before it was a trend. But yeah, I just bleached it. You man. started yeah. the trend. I, I, I hey, I might have. So for everybody out I there, have, yeah. you did, you did. You got to check out, uh, ch- check us out on social media, American Grown Podcast. You'll yes. see the photos there. Obviously, you can't see them over the podcast, but check us out on social media because I think it's an <laughs> awesome shirt. Appreciate it, bro. This, yep. This has been Jordan Blyer, aka Michael Wade. on the American Grown Podcast and the Colortech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate you having me, man. Great time. If you want to see more American Grown content, follow along on Facebook and Instagram. Username American Grown Podcast. If you received any value, please share this episode with friends, family, and coworkers. And lastly, subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at americangrownpod at gmail.com.